Welcome to the 130th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. When Xi An was a graduate student studying rural development outside of Beijing, China a few years ago, she noted a phenomenon that should strike a familiar chord with anyone who's been involved with the local food movement here in the U.S., it seems there were a determined group of farmers who were going against the mainstream in raising food without relying on a chemical-intensive industrial system of production. In turn, there were a significant number of consumers, many of whom were living in major cities like Beijing, who were very interested in buying that food. In fact, these alternative farmers and eaters would often form a type of relationship called huchu, which translates loosely as partnership or mutual help. But these two links in the food chain were having a hard time connecting on a regular basis, a problem that only has increased in recent years as the country invests even more resources into industrial farming. In 2008, Jan spent the growing season working on Earthrise Farm, a community-supported agriculture operation in western Minnesota. Also called CSA, this type of farming model involves eaters investing in an operation as members, allowing them to share in the benefits as well as the risks of local agriculture. While weeding, helping with deliveries, and networking with other farmers in the region, Jan became convinced that the CSA model could forge the kind of relationship between eaters and farmers that would benefit both parties in the long term. She went back to China and in 2009 launched Little Donkey, a CSA operation associated with Renmin University. China's first CSA farm experienced explosive growth almost from the beginning. By 2012, it was producing fresh produce for hundreds of shareholders. After successfully launching Little Donkey, Yan, along with her husband Chen Chengwang, started their own CSA operation in 2012. Called Shared Harvest, that farm already has 150 shareholders of its own. But perhaps the most exciting aspect of Xi An's experience is that it has inspired a kind of CSA boom in China. Since Little Donkey garnered media attention across the country, over three dozen CSA operations have taken root there. Their sizes range from 50 to 100 members, and in 2015, China is slated to host the 6th International CSA Conference. In addition, universities and local governments are starting to take note of how such a system can provide safe food in communities while supporting the rural economy. Yan and Chun Wang recently stopped by the Land Stewardship Project's office during a visit to the U.S. I chatted with Yan about what attracted her to CSA farming, how she got the model launched in China, and how this experience has taught her some surprising things about building community. So I I came to United States 2008, April, the very beginning of April. So I actually stayed at Earthrise Farm from April to October. So all the the whole season, the growing season. So I started to be um, working together with with the, the farm group you know uh, actually my background i i don't have any experience on actually putting your hand in the dirt i i actually started to learn how to grow food at that time so i learned from nick and john they are the farm manager of that year and also kia net the the director of that of earthrise farm uh, so it can be very fun for me to learn, you know, uh, you, you, you grow the food by yourself and also you cook all the food, which is your, your, you grow. 
that in that part, I, I, I think I make more sense to food and soil and human being the the connection. And I guess you know it was obvious that at Earthrise Farm they really focus on the raising of good naturally raised raised foods using you know good environmental methods and and good healthy methods. But I know a very key part of the CSA movement is that community aspect. I mean, is that something that you really learned a lot about uh, there at Earthrise? How it's a way of connecting consumers with the farmer and with the land, you know, kind of using the land as a way to join those two groups together? Yeah, for me, um, I think um, for, for my understanding of community, I think for that part, there are two aspects of community. So one part is the consumers of uh, community. So they are part of, you know, they, they buy a share from Earthrise Farm and we delivered the shares to uh, to their uh, pickup points. Uh, in that way, we connect with our consumers, and some of them they come to the farm to pick up, and we also get a very nice, usually get a nice talk with our uh, members. So you know them, and they actually know um, what happened in Earthrise because we have a CSA newsletter every week, and we I, actually I also did uh, my questionnaire to all the members and they also know as a Chinese I'm in that farm in that season so that kind of feel the relationship with the consumers so I think that's part of the uh, community with the farms and with the farm and the consumers and also I feel the other community that's in the in the farmers and the farms themselves so in that region uh, all the CSAs and the organic farms, they they kind of have their community. So usually they will hold activities, and they also have the farmers market there. And and usually sometimes they have the you know the 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 music right. band. Yeah. So we also uh, held a, uh, we call Mad Boots Crew. So we have a band in that region. Uh, between several farms, so in that part, I also saw you know a community in in farmers. So I think that um, in that way, I saw is you know the relationship really changes because actually CSA I think is a new relationship between farmers and consumers and farmers itself, consumers itself. I think I both saw that in. Farm. So, I mean, it's one thing to go to a farm, and especially in another country, and, and work and have fun. It sounds like you, you really had fun learning about this system. But then it's a whole other thing to say, I'm going to start not only a, a new CSA farm, but the first one in China. What, what was uh, going through your mind? I mean, what? how did you think? get the confidence and why – you must. Did you just when you were at Earthrise say I've got to start something like this, or did you think about it for a while, or give me tell, talk a little bit about that process of taking that one huge step? Yes. So you know, um, for a big part of our farm work is weeding. So every time when I was doing weeding, you know, when you were doing weeding by your hands, you you have your brain empathy so you you could think about 
all the things around you. So actually, after、uh, before one month, I went back home. I started to think, you know, how I think that's a very good model CSA, and how I could use that model in in China and combine the work of Huzhu agriculture. So,、um, so I I think in that way. I I need to, you know, in in China the agriculture model are very different from here. So how could put this model together with like Chinese farmers' demands and consumers' demands? And also the very important reason is, uh, because at that time I still continue my PhD research, because we had, uh, we had a lot of field research. And every time when we、uh, went to the countryside or village to to do a field research, you know, you you see the the farms are changing, the rural areas, the, the cultures are changing. That's part of our, I think that part of our culture are based. So when you see the all the rural areas changing, you 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 will see, you know, the culture, and you kind of lose. Uh, our identity from that changing, so I think in China is very important.、Uh, it's not only CSA. CSA would be part of the rural re- reconstruction movement. So we need to have a have CSA in part of that movement. Also,、um, I think it's very good for、uh, this experience for me because I. Before I came to Earthrise, I only found, you know, I I I want to do research about rural issues, but I never think I could, you know, you could live in a village or you you could live like this. You you don't know there is a kind of alternative way of living. So I think that's part of more important because you you know every time we went to、uh, do field research and then we come back to. A、uh, university、uh, that's in the city, so you, you kind of have a very,、um, you know, you, you don't know because you want a more sustainable life, and that's the part of the culture in the rural areas. But in the city, you kind of very different culture. So, so I think the the time in Earthrise kind of make me, you know, you you saw these people they could live in the. Rural areas, and they they could also make a living by this kind of way of living. That's very, I think, that's fascinating for me. So,、uh, so I at that time I decided to do CSAs not only because of the food safety reasons, it's also、uh, because I want to try a new way of life. So in that way, make up my minds to to started a CSA in China. I think I'm I'm kind of lucky because the when I come back, our university is building a、um, a eco farm. So, the,、uh, but at that time, they they don't have an idea of how to、uh, run that farm. So they want to set up a farm that could have people know ecological agriculture, how to practice organic agriculture. So at that time, I applied to. Um, my advisor, so he is the dean of School of、uh, Agriculture, Economics, and Rural Development. Our department is in charge of that farm. So I, I talked with my professor and said,、um, "How about 
I tried this CSA model in this new farm to to operate and you know to market the the produce, um, and he just uh, agreed. So the first, actually, the first step we did is to we went to uh, consumers and asked them if there is a kind of model. Would you like to be a member? So we we talk with many consumers and they all very welcome this you know this model, and but they kind of have two groups. One group they they want to grow by themselves. So they 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 ask us, could you give us give me a piece of land so that I could grow by myself? And the other group of people will say. We don't have time to to go to your farm and grow by ourselves. Could could you just deliver that to us? So at that time, we we kind of know that we probably have these two kinds of shares. So one one share, or we could call grow your own. Like you could come and work by yourself. Yeah. So we we had then we did,、uh, make up our minds to two shares. So one. We called grow your own, and you you could have a thirty square meters of land in the farm, and you should come to work by yourself. And but we will provide you.、Uh, so for the whole year, actually the growing season from April to、uh, November, and、uh, you you paid us two hundred about two hundred dollars from all the growing season. We will provide you all the seeds. And tools, and、uh, organic organic、uh, fertilizer,、mm-hmm. manure, and you could、uh, come to the farm every week to grow. And the other part of deliver shares, so it's just a very classic、uh, CSA model here. So they could pay us in front, then we will、uh, have the farmers work together, and then we deliver the boxes to their home. Um, and for the first season, we got about fifty、uh, shares. So、uh, about twenty of them are working shares. We call working shares. So they they work by themselves, and the other thirty we delivered. In the next three years, it got very popular, even to our surprise, because we never, for me, I never think people are so interested in the. Grow your own. The first year is twenty, and second year one hundred, and third year three hundred, and fourth year five hundred. From twenty to、uh, so two thousand nine, twenty, ten, one hundred and twenty, and eleven, three hundred, and last year five hundred. Ask a question. So, do you get a sense? Are these people who had gardened in the past? Did they know anything about raising their own food? Did they have some history there, and that they were kind of rediscovering it, or were they new to it? Yeah, the they they are very interesting because they have different groups.、Uh, so, I I think one group of them are the parents. So, you know, the many people, many young people at my age are.、Uh, Come to Beijing、uh, by going to college or university, so they、uh, stayed in Beijing to work.、Uh, but then they had children, so they, their parents actually live were living in the village, come to Beijing to take care of their grandchildren. 
So that's a part of Chinese culture. They they live together with their children and take care of grandchildren because their children will go to work. But for them, it's very hard to live in Beijing because you know you don't know your neighbor. It's not like rural community, and it's you don't know everyone around you. So it's, they feel very lonely. Uh, so they their children kind of find this grow your own model. They they just ordered this model for their parents. So their parents, they could come to the farm every week, twice or three times, and they even come to the farm by bus. So they send their grandchildren to the kindergarten, then they take a bus about two and a half hour to the farm, and grow a whole day, and they will bring a sandwich. With them for for lunch, then after lunch they will grow the other three hours. Then they come back home at about three、uh, or four o'clock, take the other bus back home, and then pick up the grandchildren and back home. And they just feel proud and very excited to, you know, they they feel very proud when they say they grow the food for them their family. And th- this is a f- very typical family. For our members, and the other typical families is they actually they don't mind how much they will get from this land.、Uh, usually, they will come to the farm、uh, the three generations every weekend. So they take a car. So the grandparents and the, the parents and the children they come together to the farm to work, kind of like a fun. So they just for entertainment to play on their ground. They don't know, like they they don't want how much they 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 will get from this land, and they they are they they kind of can't grow very well. But they they get a lot of fun from you know they want their children to know the, how the carrots are grow. So in that way, it's、uh, kind of the other demand from a, a group. Because you know the parents actually they come from the village, so they are originally farmers. So they they all have the idea of how to grow without pesticide and fertilizer. Usually, if they don't have the experience, we so we also in our farm we also have experienced farmers who could help them. Even you know in the farm because we have so many plots that they. Usually they will work together, so they they will also kind of neighbors in a community. So they exchange ideas. Like the old members will teach the new members how to grow, how how you could use the best advantage of this land to grow more food. Is there much information out there, either through the university or through other agencies, on kind of alternative organic? Natural farming, sustainable farming systems. Is there is that because that's a could that's a real issue here in the U.S. Is a lot of the research and the education is targeted towards the more industrial model, and there's not a lot of good solid information. I still remember the, you know, I finished my doctor's thesis on alternative food networks, especially CSA. I think that's the first CSA thesis in China. So actually, not many researchers know this model at that time. But last year, I got the information from、uh, my former university. They told me that last year graduates 
um, for the master degree students, there are about six students are doing their master thesis about CSA or other alternative markets. So you see that researchers they are following. I think usually when you know practice must be the first, and then usually the researchers will follow. Then the maybe the government will follow. So, but it's still you know very small, very very small. Like in all of our department, probably there is only what two or three professors they they are interested in this topic, and also they it depends on if they could get funds on this field of research, this field of research. So has there been other CSA farms that have gotten started in the country since 2008, since you guys first launched yours? Yeah, it's also amazing. Uh, right now about uh, 100. But if, if you very strictly say, you know, you said that uh, community part or sharing the harvest, it might be less than 50. There are differences. No, the, the I think that they 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 just uh, maybe they they still in their uh, area they still have a that Kuju agriculture, but then they figure out this model could help them you know relink really link because the farmers and consumers in that season you are very committed to each other, so they followed up very fast. Kind of looking back now over the last four years and this tremendous growth that you've seen in this idea, either the pure CSA model or a, a, a version of that, do you have any thoughts on is this something that will always remain kind of a, a you know, it's still in the big scheme of things a very small part of Chinese agriculture. Do you think it's something that will just remain a niche or kind of a small part of it, or do you think that this is there's something here that there's going to be maybe a bigger movement to kind of um, move agriculture more toward the sustainable model and the model where the consumers know where their food's coming from? Because of what I said about the transition period of agriculture, I think the problems of food safety will still be returned for several years because. Uh, you know the i think the mainstream uh, uh chinese agriculture policy still uh having their way on the more uh big scale farms also the urbanization are forcing the farmers to go outside of their farms in that way i think consumers are looking for more healthy food that's also a big trend uh, i think there will be strong movement like here, so so in I think that in in a very deep uh, culture of Chinese culture, Chinese people still have a kind of sense to go back to the soil because I I know there is a culture uh, or usually Ch- Chinese people will say in China the everything should be a you know a cycle, so from human to uh, nature and the nature to human. So, you you know you, um, you you your food based on the soil. So you come from the soil.
For more information on CSA farming in China, see the number one 2013 issue of the Land Stewardship Letter at www.landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. 